Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the No More Broken Pieces Network podcast. I am your host, Ramonda Moore Brown, and I'm so grateful that you decided to stop by and spend a little bit of your Saturday night with me here on the podcast. Uh, it has been one amazing first week of the year. Uh, we have been doing our 18 days of declarations, communion declarations, and release. The Spirit of the Lord gave me this um, after studying and being a part of um, the amazing uh, ministry that God has connected me with. And that, yes, this is a time for an uh, excellent time for a plug. Uh, yes, I. Uh, am um, connected to the amazing ministry of Thy Kingdom Come Global Ministries. Um, and my leaders are Apostle Tommy and Apostle Katrina Garrett. And uh, I have learned so much about um, just who we are as people as ambassadors of Christ, I've learned so much about uh, the Jewish customs. I've learned about the Jewish calendar. And that's where uh, we started our year officially in October, end of September, the beginning of October. And that we don't wait to January to celebrate. And I know, as for me, I don't know about you, but as for me, so many, year after year after year, I made declarations. I made resolutions. I decided that this is the year that I'm blessed. This is the year that I'm have God saved. This is the year for this. This is the year for that. And none of it manifested. As a matter of fact, it seemed like each year was just getting worse. So I began to think about what can I do differently to get different results because we know that. You have to do something different to get something different. And that the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again, even though you know the end results, but you're expecting another result. So we don't want to walk in insanity. We don't, you know, we don't want to walk in ignorance. So I begin to think, what can I do? And so I decided that I needed to find out what it took for me to be able to have these things manifest in my life. And the Spirit of the Lord let me know that we must be in alignment. We must, our lives must match the Word of God and be in the will of God, which means there are prerequisites for these things being manifested in our lives. And there's some things we got to do, some homework we got to do, some things we got to sacrifice, some things we got to pull away from. And I'm telling you, this thing is just opening up day by day by day and absolutely blessing me. But he said, do it on Facebook Live. And I'm telling you, 
out of nowhere. People are being blessed. People all over the country are being blessed because uh, I chose to finally to believe the word of God, to stand on the word of God, but to do what it takes to have the promises of God be manifested in my life. And I have no doubt that this is the year that things will be happening. This is the year that change will take place, but it will not take place without a price and a sacrifice. Because I know the word says obedience is better than sacrifice, but I've never known a time that I've obeyed that it wasn't a sacrifice. Amen. With that being said, we are going to go. The woman of God is here with us on the line. I think she had a, a, a death uh, today uh, in uh, one of her friend's family, so I know she's been probably ripping, you know, and running with them. But nevertheless, she um, is a faithful woman of God who has really been a blessing to No More Broken Pieces. She has been a blessing to me far before this. And I'm so excited about what God is doing in her life through her because of her. Uh, and I'm just excited about uh, sitting back and watching God um, elevate her uh, to the ambassador, to the mouthpiece of God. And she naturally, it's not something she has to try to do, she naturally deals with character. She naturally deals with things that help us to do what I just talked about, being in alignment with the word of God, living the life that we sing about. She's a singer as well. Living the life that we preach about, living that life when there's no one else around, living the life, being that disciple of God when no one else is looking. So we're going to bring her in her very own way, a minister, Nicole Corder, a powerful minstrel for the Lord, a psalmist, uh, a, a, a woman of power, a woman of strength, a woman of godly character, and a woman that God is bringing to the forefront in this hour. We thank God for her. And our first, I wrestled with the name. God gave me this challenge for greatness, but I decided I wanted to do something else, and it was actually comical. I couldn't come up with anything else. Challenge for greatness. We are challenged because once we face the things that challenge us, once we face those things and allow God to correct them, greatness is the only thing that's left. So we thank God for Minister Nicole Corder coming to us with our very first Challenge for Greatness segment in however the Lord leads her. We know that we will be blessed. Amen. Amen. And thank you, God. It's an honor, honor to be here. <laughs> an honor to be with you tonight. I thank you every time. I don't take it lightly that um, you allow the Lord to use you to provide a platform for him to speak the thing that he wants to speak in the atmosphere. And so we thank God for you, and we pray that you continue to be blessed and your family is blessed and your ministry is blessed. And I pray that God continues to do awesome things for you. I thank God for you. I heard you mention earlier, yes, I was at a, a funeral today, a choir rehearsal for funeral last night, and it's been a quite a busy weekend, but we are never too busy 
to be about our father's business. Because sometimes we equate business with ministry, and that's not exactly the same thing. So before we start, I just want to go before the Lord in prayer. (coughs) Father, we thank you for another opportunity to come before your presence. And, God, I ask that you would touch our hearts. In the name of Jesus, I ask that you would open up our minds and open up our hearts to receive that which you are speaking to us tonight. I thank you, Father, that we'll be able to receive it and be able to apply it so that we can be destined for greatness, so that we can be things of God and be the great people that you've created us to be. But I think after tonight, great won't be the same thing for all of us. But I thank you, God, for doing all things well. And I thank you for your very practical revelations that you give me to share with the people of God. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> As I was pondering in the woman of God um, as um, and mentioned, we're talking about character. God is, is uh, talking about being challenged for greatness. God is really dealing with us in the area of character. <clears throat> and I said, God, what would you have me to say? What would you have me to say to the people of God? You know, it's our first time getting together. It's the new year. So we started talking about all these things that we say. January, uh, December 31st, excuse me, we always go into what we're going to do in the new year. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to stop eating so much. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to leave him alone. I'm going to, we make all of these, and I mean, usually before the month of January, if not, we fail because, right. But, you know, we do it every year. Every year we have it. All you got to do is scroll through Facebook, have conversations with people, and this is what I'm going to do. This year I'm going to lose weight, but I still got cookies by my bed. I mean, I get it, and it sounds good, and we feel really excited. But he said right now, this year, in this first podcast, I want to deal with, our conversation. He said he wants to change some things that we say, and he, and if we don't change how we say it or the things that we say, he wants to give us some meaning and a deeper revelation to understand the things that we say. If you've ever grown up in church, you've been in church any time, you know, any amount of time, we start saying things because it's cute. We have these colloquialisms and we have these cliches, and they sound cute, but we don't really know what they mean, but somebody else said it, you know, <coughs> Sometimes it was Bishop so-and-so, and it caught on, and it went viral, and it was great. And we say it, but what are we really saying? And he said he wants us to be accountable now for the things that we say. So he took me to Matthew 12, the 36th verse, and it says, But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. So that means that everything that I've said, everything that I've said on the day of judgment, i got to give an account to God. And so now I want to help because God is in the, in, the, in, the, in the ministry of help, to help us to understand some of the things that we say. Maybe we won't say them again, and maybe we'll have a greater understanding of what we say so that we can teach our children, so that we can teach others <coughs> that like to jump on the bandwagon and do these. So my question, because they, everybody knows me, knows that I have questions, what do we really mean when we say some of the things that we say? What do you really mean? I had questions, so I started thinking about God, what is it that we're really saying when we say these things? And a lot of things are not scriptural. Now, they're not scriptural-based because, you know, we'll repeat this stuff and don't, and don't know enough scriptures to get us through a Sunday school class, but that's not what we're talking about tonight. So the first thing, you've been to church. The word was great. It was phenomenal. And I say this, so I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this, but I know what I mean when I say it. And I say this, and you say, the man or the woman of God was walking heavy. Because we say that, you know, you're walking heavy in the spirit. 
So now, does this mean that God is speaking in such a way through you that your flesh feels uncomfortable? Or does this mean that the person who's preaching has big feet? What do we mean when we say somebody's walking heavy? Because if you're walking heavy in the spirit, then lives should be changed. If you're walking heavy in the spirit, the first person that God begins to work on is you. And I'm not, I say it because I've seen it and I've sensed that people are walking heavy in the spirit and you can see God doing things in the spiritual realm because he begins to deal with things that are in the spirit that sometimes people in their flesh don't have comfortable, you know, not comfortable saying. But what does it mean when you say it? The man or woman of God was walking heavy. Was it deep? Were they walking from a deep place in God because they've allowed God to dig out some things and really pour into them? Or did they just have big feet? Because we really need to know what we're saying. When we say he or she was slain in the spirit, we say that a lot, how they were slain in the spirit. Well, the term slain means to kill or destroy in a violent way. That's what slain means. See, this is why we got to watch what we say. So if our flesh is being killed or destroyed in a violent way, then how come we still mean when we get off the floor? If I was slain and it killed my flesh, then how come when I rise up, Nothing about me is different. How come when I rise up, my flesh is still alive and well because I'll still cuss you out on the other side of the parking lot, you know, because we're off the church grounds? Because I've been slain in the spirit. And the definition clearly says means to kill or destroy in a violent way. So if I've been slain, how come I haven't changed? Why isn't my flesh dead? Why am I still operating in the lust of the flesh if I've been slain? The next thing we say is, we went in. Child, the worship was good, and, 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 and honey, we went in. Where do we go? Where do we go? Because if we are referring to the presence of God, then how do we have so much control over when he's going to show up, and why do we remain unchanged after he gets there? Because all I know is when you get into the presence of God, God begins to change you. And everybody wants to go in, but sometimes people need to come out. Everybody wants to go in, but if I'm going into the presence of God and I'm coming out unchanged, then my question is, where did I go? Because we say it. We also say this, let him use you. This is usually said when somebody is about to sing or they're about to preach or they're getting ready, you know, do something on program for the Lord. And and so my question is, are we saying this? um, Does this mean that this is the only time that we're willing to allow the Lord to have his way? Can he use you to forgive your neighbor? Can you let him have his way? Can he use you to love your neighbor? Because the Bible says you have to love your neighbor as yourself, or is that difficulty because you still don't like you? Can he use you to reach the lost? Or are you consistently passing up ministry opportunities on your way to church? Can he use you to live holy? Let him use you. Is that something you say to yourself when you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror and let him use you? Or do we wait for a crowd of people at a congregation when we got a mic to say, let him use you? But why would he use me there when he hasn't used me all week? Why do I avail myself to him because I'm getting ready to sing or I'm getting ready to preach, but I don't allow him to kick me out of the bed with somebody that I'm not married to? I won't allow him to use me to forgive a grudge because guess what? Contrary to public belief, <coughs> nothing that anybody's done to you is worse than what you did to put God on the cross. So why am I holding people hostage to the things that they've done when God has cast my stuff into the sea of forgiveness? Can he use me? Am I telling myself, let him use me? And here's another one. If you scroll through the pages of Facebook, (coughs) 
you read any commentaries, you see pictures of married couples. Um, and we always like to say this is a power couple. Now, I'm not saying this is a bad thing because there are some people who have the power of the Holy Ghost, and it's a power couple. But we usually say this when we're referring to people who are married. So what are we saying? If power belongs to God, then what kind of power are we talking about? So the question begins, is Jesus at the center of the relationship? Does the relationship have a purpose that brings glory to God? Because my husband and I, we do marriage counseling, and one of the things that we tell couples is your relationship, your marriage must have a purpose. Your marriage must have an assignment. It was more than just him, you know, letting you guys get together. It's not just for your pleasure. First of all, marriage is the definition and the example of Christ's love for the church. It's not just about me and my honey getting together. What is the purpose? What is the assignment? And how can God use my marriage to affect the kingdom in a positive way? Because if not, what kind of power is it? (coughs) My pastor asked a question last week that I thought was powerful, and he said, if God has you, what does he have? So if we're a power couple, what kind of power do we have? And how many of you know that it's better to have influence than it is to have power? Because people will do things for you when you got power because you have power. But when you walk in the spirit of influence, People do it because you're leading by example, and they want to do what they see you doing because you're effective in doing it. Be careful who you label a power couple. We like to say Beyonce and Jay-Z are a power couple. What kind of power? Because the devil has power too. What kind of power? And why do we label people just because they stand in in the church and they do a selfie? Do we say, now that's a power couple right there. How many people's lives have been changed because of that union? How many people have been delivered and set free because of that union? How has God been glorified because those people have been put together? Is it a power couple? Ask yourself. And then we say, worship today was epic. Or we invite people to a conference and we say, it's going to be epic. Well, epic has several meanings. But the one that we are referring to is the one that means beyond the usual or ordinary. Okay, so here's my question. Was it really epic? (coughs) Did God really move? Because we come back and say, oh, the Lord really moved in the service. Well, what happened? Because I have questions, and when you tell me God really did a work and it was epic, so what you're telling me is the service was beyond the usual or ordinary. Well, what happened? Did people fall out at the altar? Because we know we talked about sometimes people fall out because they don't want to to be delivered, they fall out because it's a distraction from being delivered, and they're so used to falling out at the altar that the man or woman of God will walk past them, and then they're allowed to remain in that state. It's a distraction, not really a cry for help. So what was unusual about it? Because the same people shout every Sunday, the same people scream every Sunday, the same people cry every Sunday, the same people run around the church every Sunday. What was, what was something that happened that was beyond the usual or the ordinary? Were people saved for real? Was somebody delivered for real? Was somebody set free for real? How many people came in in a wheelchair that left and we were able to give the wheelchair back to the, to the Salvation Army or, the, or Goodwill because they didn't need it anymore? How many people got healed and when they went back to the doctor, the doctor said what we thought we saw is not there? What was beyond the usual or the ordinary? Ask yourself. 
when you start saying anything. Well, what happened? Because a lot of times people can tell you what the choir sang, but they can't tell you what the pastor preached. We don't know what the word was, but the choir sure did sing. And, girl, they just, and sometimes we get emotional because <coughs> it's not that the song was so deep. It's not even that the singers were so awesome, you know, because there's a different sound. We equate giftedness with anointing, and that's not always the same. But sometimes it's an emotional response. They sang his eyes on the sparrow. And I remember when they sang that at my grandmother's funeral, and that triggered a song. And I remember being at my grandmother's funeral, so I started crying. God wasn't working on me. Let's just be real. I was crying because I remember I was at my grandmother's funeral, and that song, every time I hear that song, as a matter of fact, for me, his eyes on the sparrow, my mother was in a coma on her way out to be with the Lord. And I sang that song. <coughs> and every time I would sing that song, I would cry. And God dealt with me, and he said, stop being emotional. If I'm going to move, let me move. Stop trying to attach an assignment to this song from something that happened to you back in 1989 that I'm trying to deliver you from. If you're going to sing the song, sing the song because it means something to you about what I'm doing in your life, not because that's the last thing you sang to your mama. I said, oh, my. He said, because that's emotional and I can't do anything with that because it's not about your feelings. It's about your faith. So now when you sing His Eyes on the Sparrow, you sing it as a testimony because I know he watches out for me. I know in that car accident when I was supposed to take my life, if his eyes on the sparrow, his eye was watching me. I know when they were saying all manner of evil about me and he kept my mind. I know that's because if his eyes on the sparrow, he's watching out for me. There was no longer that assignment that I had allowed the enemy to use me to attach to a song because we're quick to do it. And we're quick to try to reinvent a response. And God said, you can't make me move. I move like I want to. I move how I want to, and I move when I want to. And just because the Shekinah glory came in last week when you sang that song, doesn't mean it's coming in this week because I'm God. And nobody tells me how to move. I said, my God. <coughs> we say the Lord knows my heart. Now, usually we quote this when we choose to do things we know are contrary to the word of God, and then we expect his grace to excuse our sin. <coughs> but why you do that, Rashad? I'm just going to go over there and cuss her out. But God know my heart. Well, the Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? He absolutely knows your heart, and he knows the wickedness that is inside your heart. So stop using that as an excuse to do what you want to do and then say, well, God, you know, I need grace. Because the scripture says <coughs> grace doesn't give us a license to sin. To grace abound more so that we can continue to sin? He said, heaven forbid. So stop. So the next time you get ready to do that, let the Holy Spirit bring back to your remembrance. And let it let you hear him say, stop. Stop telling people the Lord knows your heart. We mean well, but think about what you're saying. Yeah, God knows your heart. But God's trying to change your heart. He's trying to give you a new heart so it can be his heart. I see a lot of times people ask for prayer. We want prayer for this and we want prayer for that, and that's a wonderful thing. And when people respond, that's awesome. But I listen to the phrases that we use, prayers going up. We say that a lot. Many times what I see is people who never talk to God say this in response to somebody who's asking for prayer. They say, prayers going up or good vibes. Never really quite understood what it meant when you said good vibes, because I don't care how good the vibe is. 
some of y'all had babies because the vibe was too good, but that's another conversation. Doesn't matter how good the vibe is, uh, it don't stop what God's trying to do, and it don't move God. Vibes don't move God. Faith does. So we say prayer is going up. So we need to be mindful not to make prayer so trivial. And we need to make sure that we're not lying when we say that. We need to make sure that we, we are telling people that I'm going to pray for you and that I actually do it. Let me tell you about me, because I was caught up in that. You know, you say you're going to pray, and it doesn't mean that you're not going to pray, but you forget you get overwhelmed. you got life stuff happening, a phone call, your baby, your husband needs something. You forget. So now I pray right then. Will you pray for me? Yes. Let's pray right now. Let's pray right now. And we don't have to be all theatrical and entertaining because who are we trying to impress? God, No. I don't even need to know. A lot of times I don't need to know because if I'm in communication with God, God, you already know the need. But I pray that you would bless it in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would move the way you want to move. God, you know what she stands in need. That's how you pray, but you do it right then. And you don't need an audience. Sometimes you can do it, and it don't even have to be audible. Sometimes you know there's a need that people have, and you can just touch them, be having a conversation with them and saying, oh, that outfit is pretty, and touching the, the, the fabric in their clothes and still listening them in prayer, or be looking at them and listening them in prayer. And then you do it, and then guess what? Now I haven't lied because I'm thinking, gosh, if God hates a liar, how many times have I lied and said, I'm going to pray for you, and I don't? How many times have I said it because it's the right thing to do, but I have no intent of doing so? I haven't even prayed over my food, let alone prayed for you. We have to stop and be mindful of the things that we're going to say. And along that note, we say, let me pray about it. Sometimes we say this to people when we don't want to do something. Now, Proverbs 3, sing the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge God, and he will direct your path. So now, how much are we truly acknowledging the Father? Think about it. What did you put on today? Where did you go today? What did you eat today? And I hear people, I know in your spirit, okay, this is deep. She's trying to be, no, 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 no. Because the word said in all my ways, not just when I get to church. He said all my ways. Did I acknowledge God before I put on that outfit? Some of y'all come in church, and I clearly understand that you haven't had a conversation with God because your clothes are crying, I don't fit you. So we understand that everybody's not acknowledging God in all their ways. But have I acknowledged him and allowed him to, to give me direction? Have I allowed him to say, don't go to work this way, go another way? Don't turn down this road. Go here. Don't 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 go at this time. Wait. Have I acknowledged him? Because I mean, we 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 want to pray about it, but we don't want to do. But when it's something we really want to do, we don't even pray. We don't pray. There's a lot of people that have gotten to <coughs> relationships without prayer. A lot of people that have gone on jobs without prayer. A lot of people that have joined churches without prayer. Have entered into friendships. Without prayer, because that was just something we wanted to do. Did we acknowledge God? And then here's one of my favorites when we, uh, and, and, and the last one, when we get up in church, you know, and this has become commonplace. I'm giving honor to God, who's the head of my life. And this greeting is commonplace in church when we're on program, and in many cases, it's something we say because we don't do nothing He's telling us to do. But I give honor to God who's the head of my life. But sometimes people look at our life and see that God, if, if that's what God is leading you to do, then I'm trying to figure out what God that is. 
And I'm not talking about being judgmental. I'm talking about I'm saying leading by example and actually letting the Lord, actually letting the Lord have His way. So we need to be a little more cautious about the things that we say because the Psalm says we're supposed to speak to each other in Psalms and and scriptures and spiritual songs. That's what those are the things that we're supposed to say. We say all these empty things because sometimes it makes us sound important, and we would rather be important than anointed. We would rather impress people than have, you know, the anointing of God. We want the accolades of men instead of the approval of the master. And so God is saying he wants to deal with us in our conversation. Be mindful of what you say. And make sure you understand why you're saying it. Make sure you understand what it means. That even equates to the songs that we sing. Be mindful of the songs that you sing. And make sure that you understand what it means. Because if we're going to be destined for greatness and the power of life and death is in our tongue, then we have to be cautious of what we speak into our atmosphere. I heard the woman of God say earlier, obedience is better than sacrifice. But she couldn't remember a time where she obeyed God that it wasn't a sacrifice. And that is absolutely correct. And sometimes, sometimes our sacrifice is we have to shut up. Sometimes we can't say everything we want to say. We can't repeat every, every you know, every, every uh, uh, popular cliche. Sometimes there's an anointing and shut up, and we can't say it because God is not in that. It's just become popular, and that's what we do. But, God, I don't want to be a part of anything that you're not a part of. So help me when I'm speaking into the atmosphere to say the things that bring you glory. Understand what you're saying. Understand what you're speaking into the atmosphere. And understand that the word of God says you got to give an account for every empty word. Think about it and change your conversation. Amen. Oh, my God, this, 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 I got to go back and listen to this. I love it. I love it. As I was declaring on uh, New Year's, are you going into New Year's Day? Um, the Spirit of the Lord just overwhelmed me with this. There is no new word. Go back to the word that I've given you. And work it. Go back to the word that I've given you and live by it. Pick it up. Remind yourself of the word. Hold it dear to your heart. That's the word. Go back to the word that I've given you. I was talking to uh, uh, one of the uh, mother that's dear to me on the phone today. And I said, you know, we got to go back to the basics. I know we love the spirit of entertainment. It's amazing how uh, when you're screaming and yelling and jumping and hollering and, and, and pumping up the crowd as if you're in a football game, that's considered the best preaching in the world. That's considered, like some of the colloquialisms you said, you know, that means that the, the Lord is using them and they're going in all that stuff when actually Sometimes we need to take the volume down, calm ourselves down, and go back to the base. Even the acronym for the Bible says basic instructions before leaving earth. Basic instructions. I don't think that's a coincidence. So 
We got to go back and do some things over. Go back to uh, uh, character education 101. Go back to the basics because we want to, we tend to skip over those things and want to be super deep, super spiritual. We want to be the best. We want to be the best, best thing, the up and coming this or the up and coming that. But we've skipped the basics, we've skipped the practical, and people's lives are not being changed. People are not being healed. People are not being delivered. Me and the bishop was just talking the other day, and I told him of an instance, you know, where people were doing all this entertaining, and I told him to tell me what you remember about the message. He couldn't. He couldn't. But That's when right. he couldn't tell, because you get so hyped up. So you just all in your emotions, as you just mentioned, and there's nothing that's being deposited in your spirit, man, to carry you through the next week. But sometimes that person that's very quiet, not hyped up, but they're sound and they have word and they have meat and they have scriptures, you can walk away and remember what they said. And when situations arise, you can take those things and watch your life change for the better because somebody took the time to talk to you instead of scream at you. Now, woman of God, can you just weigh in on that just a little bit for me? I, I don't know why God had me go there, but, but I think it's worth talking about. Weigh in on the entertainment? Oh, yeah, on, the, on, on that, yeah, versus something that can hold you when you're in a crisis. You can't remember it because, like you said, the vibe's all in the air. It's like electricity bouncing everywhere. And there's a bunch of feelings, but there's no meat and no substance. And, and unfortunately, that means that's hot. That means that's it. But sometimes there's a need for practical teaching, character building. That is, is absolutely correct. Some, sometimes mm-hmm. we have equated um, mm-hmm. loud with anointing. Sometimes mm-hmm. we feel as though, you know, um, and the truth of the matter is, woman of God, that the reality of it is sometimes we do that because we're not plugged in ourselves. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes mm. people have mm-hmm. tactics because they're not anointed. And it's the tactic that gets you through. Sometimes people are not in their lane. And we have to mm-hmm. be honest with people. Maybe this is not what you're supposed to be doing because you know what? You don't have to have all that extra when it's God. Uh-huh. When it's God. You know, you, 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 you see the, the sweater, and the sweater fits you nicely. And you can put the jewelry uh-huh. on and the scarf, and you can dress it up. But the sweater all by itself is still pretty. We always uh-huh. talk about, my grandma used to say, good meat makes its own great. When it's good, I don't have to do all of that because a good meat makes its own gravy. And if I have to entertain you, it's because I'm distracting you from the fact that I don't really know enough about God to give you something that you can hold on to late in the midnight hour. What can the Holy Ghost mm. bring back to you but not? And if we honestly tell the truth, I don't remember Jesus hooping. And I'm mm. not saying that, that you can't, but when did he? That's right. That's and right. here's the difference. Mm-hmm. Jesus talked, he preached a sermon for about five hours. Okay. Folks was hungry, but people sat right there. Mm-hmm. 
and they listen because the Bible even mm-hmm. talks about a still small voice. Now, I wonder why he says a still small voice when all we do is holler because mm-hmm. it's a still small voice that gets down on the inside, that deposits mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. heart. A lot of people mm-hmm. have educated heads but illiterate hearts, and that's why we don't know how to get something that people can apply to their lives. We want to sound deep mm-hmm. and wonderful, but it's not deep in us. And until it becomes deep enough, when it comes out of our mouth, it can't deposit deep into somebody else. Mm-hmm. We haven't that's spent good. quiet time with And so that's why yeah. we're not able to give you something that the, the Holy Spirit can bring back with his skill, small voice. Mm, mm, mm. Amen. I love it. I love it. I love it. Wow. I thank you so much for, and I can, I know, I know people, I know the times, and I know that your style of teaching, <laughs> your style of, you know, it, it, it may not always go over well with those who don't really want. Deliverance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Line up with the word deliverance. They don't want to get mm-hmm. out of their mess. Mm-mm. But I thank God that you continue. You didn't waver because this is what we need during this hour. Or God's people are going to be lost right along with those who never accepted him. That's right. You know, it's not always about the popular. You got to. Do you know you just got to do what you got to do, regardless of like I know you remember and we always say it when somebody ordained or whatever you got to preach in season and out of season when they like it when they want to hear it, when they don't. That's right. You got to stand, yes. and I said thank you for standing. Thank you. But I, I'm 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 learning now, you know, that mm-hmm. Nicodemus is up at night a lot. They don't want to be with me around their Pharisees, you know, the fair, you see, the mm-hmm. sad. But Nicodemus comes at night a lot. Mm-hmm. They get that same word that they don't want to be when they were with their sad folks or fair folks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I give it to them the same way because that's how God give it, gives it to me, and that's how he keeps me. That's right. That's right. How and that's me. one more thing I, I want to bring home. You can't really be preaching it. It, it does. You ain't doing it. It's not that effective. If you, yeah, you ain't living it. That's where the entertainment comes in as well. You ain't living it. You can't really present it. You can't really you can't speak it. on it. Soundly. You can't. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. And it's just time out. That's mm-hmm. not. It's just time out for that. And the world is not dumb. They know when we're giving them fluff. They know they can design it. It's not just giving you know, to, to those that are living upright. People can see right through. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I got some of crayons, I don't come. Kids mm. have crayons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And it's just time, if, if you, you want a little bit. Crafts, yeah, if we got to do arts and crafts, then I can stay home. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because we're supposed to be eating yeah. meat now. Uh-huh. And it's the meat uh-huh. that sustains you. You know, you keep getting entertainment. That's why you can't get out the bed. Because you've been entertained. That's why one uh-huh. dad can say, I love the Lord, and I, he heard my cry, and I'm so awesome. And the next one can say, I'm going to come beat your tail. Because we're not being kept. 
we're being entertained. Not a chance. So the whole thing in that situation would stop me from even posting that. Uh-huh. Field. Yeah. That. But it's that. in you. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be uh-huh. in you. Uh-huh. Not just something I say, something that people have to feel me without me saying it. Because I was telling a girl tonight, when you are called of God or chosen of God, because the call is universal. All of us should be talking about Jesus. But when you are chosen uh-huh. of God, you've been uh-huh. doing things for years and you didn't know what to call it. You just were walking in it. That's when it's real and authentic. I don't know I was evangelist when somebody told me that's what I was. I just was about lost souls. The Bible determines mm-hmm. what that was. But it's got to be in you. So even my post, because I tell people, I'd like to believe you, and I'd like to believe that you say you all God says you are to be. But when I look at your Facebook page, your commercials, don't say that. Mm. I'm confused by yeah. your commercial and then a product. And now I want my money back. How many times has God wanted his money back? Because my commercials mm. didn't line up. I thought of Say that. It's time it's not for playing time. games. We've got to be real because people need a real word. Mm-hmm. People need a real mm-hmm. word, a sustaining word. Mm-hmm. But I can't give you what I don't have. So sometimes I need to put the mic down and get it on my face. Sometimes I turn down yeah. the singing and game. Sometimes I got to turn down to go out of town because I ain't free. All uh-huh, those are uh-huh. to keep me from getting in a place in God where he wants to set me free so that now when I minister, I can minister to him and he ministers to the people. And I have oh to be mature enough for willing to say no. There's an anointing on yeah. that because sometimes there's no. Uh-huh. Your character can't handle that platform. Mm. Not ready yet. Not ready. Not ready yet. Mm-hmm. Not ready. And then you force it, and then you got to deal with warfare that you were never intended to deal with because you went someplace unauthorized. Mm. Unauthorized. That's it. You don't have access. Okay. The mm. last time I saw that, it was called identity theft. Mm-hmm. It's a crime. Okay. Roll up on one of the military's um, um, secret um, projects if you want to. I think you're gonna go in, right? And see them, right? See them, they arrest you. Mhm. Mhm. But we're rolling in the you. kingdom all the time. Mhm. Mhm. Because we tend to think that because we have an amazing anointing on our lives that we don't have to go through the process. Not so. And I know that we're closer to Jesus coming back. So God is doing things quicker. It doesn't always take years and years as it used to. But that process, it's not going to happen. That's right. That's right. I don't care. I hear him all the time. God is is moving me um, quickly. God is is pushing me forward quicker than uh, you're fooling yourself. You're yeah. fooling yourself if you think you're going to skip the process. Because that's what helps you be able to stand and withstand the glory. There's no way that you can just skip over the process because you're made of flesh. And flesh is a mess. Flesh got to be that's subjected time and time again, washed time and time again, corrected time and time again, no matter who you are. Absolutely. And 
and there must be accountability. There you go. There you go. Listening. Accountability mm-hmm. is a cuss mm-hmm. word, but you have to have it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'll assist with that. Uh, I uh, talked to her, and, and I was like, man, I, I have to come clean. She she cracking up. Cause, you know, she know me. I'm serious. But she knows my heart. I want, and I mean this in the right way, I want to please God. I want to keep it real. I don't want to be walking around thinking things are one way and they're another way. Sometimes I'll throw up something that hurt at me. It seems so simple. But I'm like, I need to, I need a spirit check. I need to make sure that my spirit is right. And sometimes we can deceive ourselves. And I don't want to deceive yeah. myself. I don't want to do it. Yes, we can. And I don't want to do it. Years to get here. And mm-hmm, I thank God mm-hmm. for in time, for keeping me mm-hmm. when I was in my ratchet state, for keeping me when I was mm. in my ragged for such a time mm-hmm. as this. And because I've walked through that, I can help somebody else walk through it. And I know what it looks like because I had that spirit. I don't know why people get delivered and act like they don't remember where God brought them from. Or maybe you really haven't brought all the way. I know what the spirit looks like, and that's why I'm able to speak to you in love and in truth. But, baby, let me talk to you. Let me tell mm-hmm. you what happened when I was doing that. Yeah. I know what, I, I know how you feel tonight because I felt like that. And then I because mm-hmm. we got to be real. we got to be real with people and let them know God saved you from something. And, and not that testimony that we've been telling, you know, what he did 20 years ago. He did something this morning. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. did something last week. God should, we should always be declaring that God has done something different in our lives. God is doing something a new, new and fresh in our what? lives. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I'm availing mm-hmm. myself to mm-hmm. I mean, he ain't done mm-hmm. nothing since then. Come on. Does that mean you're not making yourself available to him? I got mm. questions. Everybody knows it, and they don't like my questions. But Jesus had questions, and that's my daddy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So did you see mm-hmm. your face when they walked by? Did you see how you looked at her? So you see that thought you had? Yeah, you had yeah. to go deep in me. Yeah. Yeah. Face. See, I told you you weren't delivered from that like you thought you was. Like, yeah, That's going back said. down. <laughs> going back said. down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what he said. Now, see how you just looked at her? That's Mhm. Mhm. That first mm-hmm. fast not, was a practice, not doing for real. I'm coming for that. Mhm. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. Coming for that, cause right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm right there. And you're like, oh my god. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's loving and yeah. kind, but it is raw and bam, and then you feel some kind of way. You know, mm-hmm. and you go ahead and put your mic down. And you're gonna sit this one out, cause God need to work on. You. Ah! I'm. <laughs> yes. 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 The yes, problem yes. is, and we better. Oh, uh, uh. I'm not. I'm not putting my mic down. The mic don't we need to. Uh, uh. We might want to do that during this time of uncovering. We might want to go ahead and willingly put it down. Because I tell people, Jesus didn't have a. Mic. It was about a mic. Nope. You walk in the footsteps of God. He didn't have no mic. Mm, we we are so deep into accessories. Now we accessorizing stuff in the spirit. Why you need a mic? Because you just walk past somebody on your way to church that needs Jesus, and you didn't even speak to them. But you get to church and got a mic and got this wonderful testimony. 
Apostle Katrina Garrett was talking the other day about the platform, you know, in mm-hmm. the pulpit. You know, the pulpit has turned into the throne. Yes. And she was talking about the reason that they had the platform raised is they didn't have money. Yeah. That's why it was raised. It wasn't to put them above the people. It wasn't to right. put them on the throne, and I thought that was so powerful. It was right. so that they can reach, their voices could carry throughout, and the, all the and people that were there mm-hmm, could hear it. It wasn't, it wasn't the, to, to put you on some type of throne and, and make you think, you know, because there's that separation now. And that's what Jesus died, to, to, to strip away the veil, to strip mm-hmm. away the separation. You know, there is no... You know, it's us. We can all go to go to God through Jesus. We can all do it. That's absolutely true. You know, and that's why God is exposing people that that sit high but speak low. Mm. Uh, uh, uh. This is amazing, woman of God. All over the absolutely. place, people still delivered. So we be praying. Right. But I right. thank you. I thank you so much. God bless you. Mm. God bless mm. you. The hour has come, but people need to hear a word that is not, um, you know, itching ears. And Nicodemus has mm-hmm. been coming so much lately. But I say, Lord, I thank mm-hmm. you. I still give him what you want me to. You know, and when you when you when you see your fair people and your sad people, tell them to call me too. <laughs> My God, well, it's just time. And uh, if I'm gonna do it, I just want to please God. It's not about pleasing people. Because you can please them today and tomorrow. You don't have to do nothing different, but they just decide you're not it anymore. So you gotta, right. make, you know, you right. gotta do what you're created to do. You gotta know that. You gotta do that in season and out of season, and God will handle the rest. We thank you so much for coming on. And like I said, I thought about. It. I said, Lord, I know she's busy this weekend, you know, but I thank you for taking the time to come and help the people, because um, people are being blessed. People are going back listening to. Uh, your empowering word Wednesdays, uh, because it's just something that that you know can't hurt anybody. It's only going to make you better if you dare to listen. If you dare to apply it to your life, my God, you will see. I've seen growth and I've seen change big time in myself, in my life, in my relationships because I'm taking that word and I'm saying, God, I'm examining myself. What can I do to make sure that my character is not jacked up? That my character does not, you know, say that I'm far from you, even though my words, you know, I pretend by using my words that I'm like you, that my character is so far from you. Time out for that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, We appreciate you. you. We look forward to more Empowering Work Wednesdays, more Challenge for Greatness, and just the doors that God is going to open concerning your ministry, your marriage ministry, your family, your children. Be encouraged and know that um, this thing is coming to an end. Uh, uh, like the old folks say about it, what you call it, a blackhead, a bull, it's coming to a head. Yeah, yeah. It's coming to a head. It's coming to a head. So just know that it's coming to a head. And you you got your team. You birth your team. You birth your team. And they're coming in. They're coming in. So we will continue to remember you all in prayer. And just know that God is coming through, and it's all going to work out. 
in um, your favor, and it's just not without a price. We all, you know, it's just not going to happen without a price, period, and point That's blank. We thank God. We cover you. We speak blessings upon you. There is no lack in your home. Uh, God is meeting every need, sending money from the north, south, east, and the west. I'm going to tell you, like I told um, some of the people uh, at our church and um Anybody, it, it'll it'll work because it came straight from God. It may seem crazy, it may seem comical, it may seem funny, but I'm telling you, anoint your wallet, anoint your credit, debit cards, bank, whatever, and believe that God is going to supernaturally multiply money for you and your family. And I'm telling you, I've never said anything like that. I've never, you know, openly, but I know what the Holy Spirit dropped in my spirit about that, anointing your stuff and having that spirit of expectation that God will do it supernaturally and he will blow your mind. I believe it with all of my heart, and I'm just excited about it because faith is what moves him, not our emotions, not our intellect, but our faith. Amen, amen. I love you. God bless you, and we will be together again soon. Have an awesome evening. Right. Get you some rest, and continue to let God use you to be a light in this world. In Jesus' name, be encouraged, everyone. But most of all, allow the God of all creation, your Father, to make you whole. Amen, amen, and amen. Thanks.